This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. You're probably wondering what's going on. I thought I already had a BTSE alert today. That's right. The Steelers played on Monday night. You get two shows for the price of one on a Tuesday. It's Tuesday night. It's just after 9 o'clock. Where else would you want to be? I am Dave Schofield, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And with me, as always, is my big brother, Rich. Rich. How you doing tonight? We get to yet breathe in a sweet smell of victory for a fourth week in a row. Breathe in the smell of victory. I am so tired of Steeler fans poo-pooing on the win, and I'm going to tell a story. Actually, you're going to help me tell a story. Okay. Because, and you, and you didn't know about this at all. I, I did, no. I'm just dumping you're, this on you're, you. Yep. You're going to help me tell a story because I'm sure... Neither one of us got the real version of the story, and we probably got different versions um, today about something in regards to our parents. And I'm going to tell this story about our parents because I want Steelers fans to understand how you need to put this game into perspective. And my, I, I was checking in with my mom today. I, I had my daughter at, at uh, piano practice, and while I was there, I was talking to my mom. And she, of course, no one that had the podcast night and everything else she went to say about, oh, about the Steelers. I'm like, well, I'm like, so how was it? She's like, well, your father fell asleep, which didn't surprise me. Um, so mom was watching the game, but was getting a little bit frustrated and was flipping over to the Hallmark channel to watch Christmas movie. She was doing what our dad did to us all the time as kids. And that is he would, he could not just leave it on the game even when it was the Steelers, regardless who it was, he would always flip the channel, usually to another game or to something else, and he would always miss the good parts, wouldn't he, Rich? Yes. Yes. Always. I mean, if, if you, you'd come back and they're kicking an extra point, and you're like, thanks, Dad. I really appreciate it that we got to see it. So, But that's what Mom was doing, and she explained it to me. I don't know if you got the same story. She saw she – thinks, I think she saw two touchdowns, or she got confused by it. I think she saw the 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 – the turnover touchdown. Yes, she and, saw that one. And she saw them take the lead inside of two minutes. And she turned over to Hallmark. I even know what movie she was watching, but we won't even go there. Um, and when she flips back over, it's an interview with one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. Now, what about this interview? Did What was the conclusion that our mother drew based on the interview? Um. Her conclusion was that the Steelers had lost the game. This is her conclusion that the Steelers lost. Well, the first thing I wanted the first to say thing, to her. First thing I did. Went, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The same thing I was going to say to her first thing, okay. I'm sure, which was um, 
if the Steelers had lost, they wouldn't have interviewed Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, they don't interview the <laughs> losing quarterback. They interview the winning quarterback. <laughs> that right there should have said, oh, they must have won. They're talking to Ben. But now she's the way that Ben was talking and everything, she assumed they lost. She didn't see the score. Um, she changed the channel. When my dad woke up to go to bed, she he asked what happened with the game. She told him that they lost, and they went to bed, thinking that the Steelers fell in defeat 27 to 26. And when they wake up the next morning and they turn on the TV and they're talking about everything with this game about the Steelers winning 29 to 27. How happy were our parents? How much, how relieved were they? Oh, wow. They went all night, whatever that is, thinking that the Steelers had lost. What a pleasant surprise that they had won. Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And <laughs> mom said she was mainly upset because, you know, with, Renee and the two kids that I'd be in at the game. She was like, oh, they lost. Oh, they were there and whatever. Sorry, Steeler Chick 46 even knew what movie it was. Yes. Was <laughs> nice. Put it up on the screen. Um, so that, which, which I think is funny. So, yeah. All I have to say is imagine thinking, Steelers fans, for 12 hours or more, well, it wasn't even 12 hours, for eight hours or more, that the Steelers lost. Only to find out that they won the game. How happy would you be? Now, why are you so angry the fact that you watched them win the game? That's my question. If you would have been happy thinking that they lost only to find out later, hey, guess what? The Steelers actually won the game. What? Okay. And then you're like, oh, man, that's great. Why don't you think it's great when you actually saw what happened? Is, is that a good question? I think sometimes people just love to, you know, be miserable. Yeah. Kind of like I tell our friend that I do a lot of my fishing with. Mm -hmm. I tell them that, you know, we fish in some of the worst weather out there. And I tell him there's nobody I'd rather be miserable fishing with than him. There you go. There you, there you go. So I wanted to start with that story to kind of put things in perspective. Jeff Hartman did a really good job as well, putting this in perspective. He's like, if I would have told you, that the Steelers, when they were one and three, that they were going to win the next four games, would you be upset how they won them? No. 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 So there's a lot of fans out there that aren't upset. They understand. It's okay. Enjoy the win. Appreciate the win. Breathe in the sweet smell of victory. Breathe in the sweet smell. Understanding, okay, that this is not a perfect team right no now. name a perfect team in the afc they were perfect name a close to perfect team in the afc there right. isn't one it's, right <laughs> yeah so you know you, you gotta take the good with the bad the pretty with the ugly and be happy when the steelers can pull out wins i'd much ha rather have a win than a loss yeah. Yes, I know. I, I know exactly what you mean. Now, before we go on and really get into, there's some people bringing up some topics. They, I don't know if they're just doing it because that's what they want to talk about, or if they've looked at the title of the show. We're going to get to talking about, you know, some of the narratives behind the game. But before we do that, I told the story. You helped a little bit. I want you to tell a story. You were at the game last night. Yes, you sir. you were in my seats and your seats. The whole family, all four of you were there. Yep, we were so all there. So I want you 
would you, are you willing to share the story? Which of, story? Of b- before the game, as you got to Heinz Field and everything, and part of the reason why your whole family wanted to be there? Sure. Um, so uh, I, I think I brought it up on the show here before. I, that, I'm pretty sure you did. That uh, we were all kind of wanting to go because um, former player at William & Mary that we knew through some friends of ours. While you um, were at William & Mary. Yes, while we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, plays for the Bears. Um, and you can share we his won- name. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm going to because okay. well it turned out he played a lot bigger role in that game last night than anyone could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's DeAndre Houston Carson. So mm-hmm. we were going to the game. We were we were we had decided we were going to make a banner and we were going to you know even though we were going to root for the Steelers, we were there to support Dre. Um, before so, the game, before the game, yeah. I think Actually, it's all bet, or the game starts, all bets are off, right? That's um, we we still supported Dre, just not the Bears. There you go. <laughs> um, so we get there, and actually, our friends from from Williamsburg um, had seen that we were going to the game and had made the banner, and she was actually going to be talking to Dre the night before the game. And so she let him know she was upset because she was actually hoping to go to the game, but her husband had to work out of town so she couldn't go. Um, so she was tickled that we were going to go and be there and support Dre. So she let him know we were coming. So we get to the, to the stadium. Uh, as soon as the gates open, we went in, headed to your seats. Um, the kids and Renee were heading down. There were some players for the Bears out practicing around the end zone. Of course, they're not even in uniform yet. They go down and start to look. I was still up at your seats, and I gave Kyle a quick whistle to get his attention. And he turned, and I pointed over to the other side. I said, go over the, yeah, was pointing because I'd picked out Dre, uh, even though I hadn't seen him in, what, four or five years now? Five yeah. years, six years. He's he's been in the NFL. He was. He this is your like six 20, for him. Yeah, he's twenty sixteen. Is what I'm. What I'm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, they went over and they had the banner and they held it up and he was looking for us. Like he knew we were going to be there. He was looking for us. Waved, finished what he was doing, and then came over to talk to us. So that was great to get the chance to talk to him for a couple of minutes before the game. Um. Got some pictures. He and he and Renee. He and the kids, um, and that was fantastic. Um, only for him to then turn around and you know he's now in his sixth year in the NFL. Um, I'll technically call that five because he spent one year out because he had broken and had screws into his wrist. He got hurt at the last game of the preseason, but um, he has two starts. One of which was last night. Yeah. Um, the other one was two weeks ago. Um, I think I checked today. I think he played every snap on defense. He played every snap on defense. Um, and 11 special team snaps. That's correct. I have his stats up right now. Yep. And he uh, he was actually the person who recovered the Ray Ray McLeod fumble and scored with it, which I'd seen him do many times when he played at William & Mary. And uh, so he got his first career NFL touchdown last night. So um, it was 
and almost cost the Steelers the game. But no, that's honestly, I did not realize before the show that he was the one that scored the touchdown. (laughs) I did not because I was too disgusted to to think about who the player was. Yeah, that happened. And I, I, and of course, you know, they, I knew they were going to review that play to see if it was a fumble or not. And at that point in time, um, Alex was sitting down with me. She and Renee had swapped spots for the second half. Mm -hmm. And um, I turned to her. I said, well, I said, as much as I hope they overturn this, I said, if they don't overturn it, I said, I'll just try to be happy that Dre got a touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) But there's something else that that you need to add that Kyle threw in. Don't forget. He yes. made Tom Brady forget what down it was last year. Isn't that, that the infamous meme where you see that's, Tom that's Brady? Why, I, if you saw the picture I took with Kyle and him last night, Kyle's <laughs> doing right. this. Oh, I that's thought why he that's why I he was doing Kyle this. was trying to do a W like William no. and Mary. Like William no. and Mary, isn't no. that what it Ka- is? okay. Ka- Yeah, Kyle was doing the four because <laughs> oh, that makes Dre so much was, more sense now. Dre was the person that was in coverage on Gronk on that play that when it got knocked away, and then Brady's like uh, fourth down, fourth down. No, Tom, that was fourth down. Yeah. So, yep. So, yeah. so that was the night last night. Was so glad the Steelers pulled out that win. I was going to be so bummed if they didn't. Um, but we'll get into that some more as we go through the show. Yes, because let we're let, we're going to go ahead and get into it. I just, I'm so glad I had you tell that story. I did not realize he was the one who scored the touchdown. Um, I thought I did see that he was playing and started, but I just yep. I wasn't paying attention. So that was um, that 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 was pretty funny. So <laughs> it worked out that way. So uh, the 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 group of Steelers fans that talked to the guy was the guy that got his first career touchdown. That that's crazy, and that might be. I mean, he he started. Yeah, that was because when he started two weeks ago, he played 100% of the snaps. Didn't start the week in between, but played but looks played like them. all but one or two of the snaps on defense. Yeah. So he's actually becoming a key part of the steel or Steelers of the Bears secondary. Um, good for him. Uh, but now, now the question that we need to ask Mr. Carson is if he could now then um, make sure that they defeat the Baltimore Ravens later this season. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So yeah, so he he could do us a um, he, he could do us a favor by doing that. Let's dive into this because what we're doing right now is is I'm like Rich, what do you want to talk about? He's like, I want to talk about you know, of course, people want to uh, one of the talking points is some of the calls and everything, but I I have to say that the title of this podcast is extremely ironic. It is so ironic, and I'm sorry that we're this far into it before I even bring this up, but we said, you know what? You need to trust our eyes more than our ears during Steelers games. And where are you being told this? On a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So we funny. are telling you in your ears to trust your eyes and not your ears. And bottom line is what we mean by that is everyone that I know that were Steelers fans was completely just, oh, they were bummed there was no Manning cast. I'm serious. Sometimes you just got to hit mute. Sometimes. You just got to hit mute. I didn't even think about bringing up the Steelers radio broadcast like I've done in the past uh, because it's so bad uh, because I was too busy. I was doing the knee jerk article for you and everything else. And I just didn't even think about it, but it was, the announcers were pretty bad, but we don't realize how much they shape our narrative of the game and that the announcers are shaping the narrative of everything that's going on, and they want to explain something to you. 
And honestly, that's not the way things looked and appeared for everyone in the stadium. So, Rich, where do you want to start off with some of these to kind of break down a little bit? You wanted to start to tell me something before the show. I said, nope, nope, let's save it. So where, where do you want to go first? Um, all right. Let me just start by saying, you know, preface it. But, yes, the Bears were penalized 12 times for 115 yards. The Steelers were penalized, I believe, six times for 30 yards. At one point, it was like 10 to 2. I know that. Okay. So, yeah. Um, here, here's the thing. You can say calls were one-sided, but, oh, my goodness, it could have been so much worse one-sided. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um the first time, see, this is things if you weren't at the game, you wouldn't have noticed, and they definitely didn't bring it up on TV. Okay. So I had noticed early in the game that um, the whoever would line up at right defensive end, and it was multiple players for the Bears, would line up in the neutral zone offsides. All the every single, every yeah. single, almost every single time they were trying to get, they were trying to get that advantage on Dan Moore Jr. Correct. Okay. So <laughs> it actually happened. The Bears were backed up towards our end, and that's the closed end of the stadium. For the closed end of the stadium. Yep. And uh, I see Mike Tomlin coming down the sideline and kind of yelling something at the line judge. Yeah. The play happens and the line judge throws a flag. Mm-hmm. Offsides, defense. Finally. Yep. And they didn't stop. <laughs> no, that's the thing. They didn't stop. They could have called offsides on the Bears. Lined up in the neutral zone, yep. 45, 50 times last every, night. Every play, basically. Yes. And even it, though they asked, they told him, they kept throwing the flag, they didn't. They weren't changing it. They were not and changing the, it. I will tell you this, the at least the announcers on TV kept saying, you can't do this. You can't, you know, how can you get that penalty more than one time? Is what they would say, is what they said, because they didn't disagree with those calls. They were doing it. And I think you're exactly right. That was... They went with some strategic things to kind of push the envelope, and that was one of them. And they got away with it a ton, but they did get called on it at least at least twice, right? Yeah, it was almost like they knew they were doing it every single play, knowing that the referees would not throw a flag on every single play. Yeah. That they would be allowed to get away with it at certain times. Yeah. I mean, I would have just flagged it. And until they backed up, just flag it, flag it, because they're like, you know what, they're going, they're not going to keep calling it. They might get us once, but we'll just keep doing it. You know, that wasn't the only thing, because the other one never got called. You want to go to that one next? Um, if, actually, it was called once. Was it called once? Yes. I don't even. It you, was you called. Right. It was called once because I screamed. Finally, <laughs> yeah. I'm because pretty much. Every offensive play for the Bears, what was it? The tackles moved early. One the or right tackle was moving. The specifically, uh, there was times it was both of them. There were times the it was both right of them, but tackle, specifically the right tackle with TJ Watt out there. Every single 
pass play. Yep. Was half, getting half the jump. A, half a beat quick. Yeah. And I mean, that's bad that they kept doing that. Because let's just say this. He was moving way sooner than the snap than Joe Hayden was and Minkah Fitzpatrick yeah. on that blocked field goal. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it was every single time. I know some people are like, I counted six times. I'm like, it was more. They were they were going to say, we're going to push the envelope. We're going to line up over Dan Moore, see if we can, see if we can get that advantage. And we're going to just line up. We're going to press the line. We're going to make them. We're going to make them. We're going to do it until they stop. It's kind of like in the secondary that you are as physical as you can until the officials make you stop. Mm-hmm. And that you're going to keep pushing the envelope with pass interference or defensive holding and all that stuff until they throw the flag. Because if they're not going to throw it, why not? Same deal. Trust me, I know this. Same deal with offensive linemen holding. Man, yes. I would hold all the time. You know what? I would hold as much as I could to get away with it. Okay, because you can hold and get away with it. The problem is when it's the egregious holds. So how many times we're like, man, TJ Watt's getting held all the time. Well, they're going to keep doing it until they call it and make them stop. And that's why I get frustrated with officials. Um, I don't do it anymore, but I used to both play in and run um, a basketball league. Uh, it was an adult church basketball league. And the officials were were, were just like, why aren't you calling? I mean, there were guys getting hurt, getting hammered, just getting, and they're just like, and they would, they would never blow the whistle and call a foul. We're like, why? And these were like sanctioned paid officials that charged us a ton to come out and do our games. We're like, uh, if you're not going to call fouls, why are we even giving you a paycheck? Is what I say to them. Like, well, if we called fouls, we'd be here all night. I'm like, we play with a running clock. We play the running clock. It wouldn't change the length of the game. That's one. And two, if you start actually calling fouls, people will stop doing it. And that's the same thing, you know, and that, that's what these players are going to do until you call it and make them stop doing it. Anything else you want to say about that? I kind of took over a little bit. No, it was just, it was just, there could have been so many more penalties called last night than were. Yeah. But I'd still be sitting at Heinz Field if they'd have called them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, and they were, and it's like all oh, these penalties were one-sided. Well, they would have been even more one-sided if they would have called them. Yeah. You're you're right. And sometimes that I honestly, it kind of bothers me a little bit at times that the Steelers don't respond in part. I was actually happy there a, a couple games ago when the Steelers were getting called for some holding calls. Though they were actually not no, I'm not talking like Kendrick Green in the end zone after the play is over and they throw the flag. But I'm talking where they made some some actual legit holds, trying not to get Ben killed or something like that. And I'm like, you know what? Finally, all these other teams are holding the Steelers and they're not getting called. If 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 the other team's gonna do it, do it too. Do it too until they call it on you. So it's nice to at least see that, you know, maybe at times they'll do that. And that frustrates me that the Steelers, you know, they'll, in order to try to play, play a clean game, they won't actually get anywhere close to what the other team's getting away with based on the officials. Consistency is just a big problem with, with the officiating. So, I mean, and it's funny because it's one of those things of uh, you got to call it or players are going to keep doing it. You ready to talk about that one? 
Um, the one that everyone thinks was the big game changing penalty <laughs> that should yeah, have ahead. been called, and that was ridiculous. You, br- that you was, bring it up, and then I'll talk about it. That was the good old Pokemon King. Okay, gets blown up on the play. Ben Roethlisberger holds the ball for 27 seconds, it seems like, and eventually steps to where one Cassius Marsh, after getting blocked so badly, happens to be the guy right there that can get a sack. And it's almost like Ben stepped towards him because he didn't expect him to actually be able to tackle another human being based on his time with the Steelers. Sorry, I'm a little bit down on this. Then he comes up and does some great big spinning leg kick. No problem with the spinning leg kick. How's that any different than what TJ Watt does? Correct. You, tell me what happened for you all in the city. And you had a much better view of this because to me, seeing it from the end zone view tells you even more. Go ahead. Yeah, see it from the end zone view. He comes up, he does the spinning kick. And then he, I'll call it kind of trots. Struts maybe is the better word. Struts is probably the better word. Um, Towards the Steeler bench. And I turned to Alex and said, that's going to be taunting. Two seconds later, there comes the flag. And they got him for taunting. Everybody else, you know, on television, I know, because I watched highlights and stuff this morning, they said that was a ridiculous call, a terrible call. I love the fact I called that before the flag came. Yeah. Like, it was obvious that he had done his little spinning kick, whatever, celebration, and then he took it a step further. That's what got him the flag. After what I saw all weekend in terms of those calls, that was an easy call for the referees. Yeah. It was easy. Now, you can go into the whole, you know, the referee and the hip check and all this and that. Um, That part I wasn't into because I... Didn't really see that part, Um, but I said that's going to be a penalty before the referee even threw the flag. Yeah. So, so there were, yeah, we need to talk. You need to talk. Some other folks have season tickets down your end of the field there because there were way too many Bears fans down there last night. Oh, really? Oh, I know what it is. It's it's just like me. You know why? There's a lot of season ticket holders, other other than the, the one guy and his daughter that's at every game that's in the row right in front of you, over about three or over about two or three seats. Um, over to the right or the left? To your left, towards the aisle. Um, yes, they're always there. Yes, but a lot of a lot of the season ticket holders I talk to, I mean, they're like me. They're far away, and those primetime games, the same thing happened when the game got flexed against the Bills when dad and I were there, that there was a ton of Bills fans because for the season ticket holders that don't live in Pittsburgh, primetime games suck. They royally do. I don't like, I mean, I was up super late last night after the post game show, doing articles, everything. I didn't get to bed till three 30 AM Eastern. Neither did you. And you, and, and you live way closer to Pittsburgh than me by the time you got home and everything. So, I mean, when I for that Bears game, no, not Bears game, Bills game in 2019, no joke. Brian Anthony Davis dropped me off at my house. I walked in my front door right as it turned to five o'clock, five a.m. And I'm like, it's just part of that was you were driving yeah. home in a blizzard, and then we were in a yeah. blizzard too. That didn't help. So that's part of it. There um, is that it's is that I know that that's some of that because if you're at every game and you're like, well, I'll if 
I'm like, oh, I'm going to half of more and go to three quarters of them. What are the ones you don't want to go to? The ones that are most are the ones that aren't as convenient. So I've learned this as a season ticket holder, as a fan, knowing that the game's on TV, that's in prime time. As someone that is, you know, doing podcasts and running a website, I don't like the primetime games because of when I have to work. As just a fan, I always liked them because I knew they're on TV. As a season ticket holder, hate them. Hate them. Those are the games I'm like, oh, man, I don't want these tickets. So anyway, uh, there, there was one saying. guy in particular right in front, right in front of us. There was a group of four. The mm -hmm. there was a guy and his wife, and I think her brother and sister in law, or whatever. The 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 guy right in front of me, the guy and his wife. It, the wife I did that was it was her first game. They were all decked out in Steelers gear. The her brother and wife or whatever is with them. They were decked out in Bears gear. Um. He had um, a few too many, <laughs> a few Iron Cities during the game, I guess. <laughs> and uh, what was funny is they were all from Pittsburgh, but he was a big Bears fan, and and things got going with him, and and he started complaining about some of the calls here and there. Um, he was complaining mainly just because it seemed like the Bears were getting flagged for everything. But um, they were they were getting flagged a lot, but they weren't definitely weren't getting flagged for everything, right? And kind of that that's kind of what, what I was saying to him. I was like, you know, he was upset at the Marsh call. I said, if I said, look, I said, I said, if I'm sitting here if that was a Steeler fan and but. saying that it was gonna be a flag before the flag yeah. went, and then it was a flag, I said it was a flag. I said, Yeah, I do the same thing when a Steelers guy does it. And yeah, it's like like, oh, there's oh, a flag. You know? You're gonna be a flag. Yeah, like the hold on Kevin Dotson last night. The, uh, uh, you know, I saw the flag fly on that and said, "That's on Dotson." Yeah, again, that would happen right in front of us. Yeah, and and, uh, yeah. and sometimes you can just see it and you know it. And when it's yep. a penalty, it's a penalty. And here's the thing with 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 Cassius Marsh. If he'd have done that last year with the Steelers, don't think he'd get flagged because that was not the point of emphasis that the NFL was laying yep. on that rule. And the way Coach Tomlin explained that in a post-game press conference, I, you really have to respect. He's like, he's like, you've got everyone in the world looking up to these guys on the field. Okay? You've got everyone from the, from the lower levels coming up looking at how these guys are on the field. We've got to make sure that we are being the appropriate role models on how to behave with a football. It's not that you don't show emotion but you don't need to show up the other team. And when you were on one hash making a play and you walk over past the other hash to the other numbers to stare down your team, which is funny because the announcers, they had no clue until finally, like five minutes later, someone must have slipped them. Some, they had no clue that Cassius Marsh played for the Steelers. Then they said he just was recently cut by the Steelers. I forget. He was in training camp. He was cut over two months ago. And going into training camp, everyone knew he wasn't going to make the team. Yeah, they had they had other guys ahead of him. So, and the Bears simply brought him into the practice squad to pull a Tom Coughlin that is, you know, hey, tell us everything you know about this team. And it just so happened they had so many injuries they had to elevate him. You know, I mean, I, I couldn't believe he was even on the field. You know, which is funny because you know Artie Burns was inactive last night. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, but uh, that one was that that one was was interesting. I. 
if I was a Steelers fan, one of the, the Steelers players did it, I'd be frustrated. They called up at the same time. I'm like, you've got to be smarter than that to know to do that. You can't do that when that's what the NFL has been saying and saying and saying. And if, and if they don't call that, then things like that are going to keep going on. And that's what they're trying to get to stop. So it did it royally suck that it was in that spot in that game where it happened, where it was even more influential. But guess what? Because of that, everyone's taking note of it. Do you think anyone else is going to stroll over to the other sidelines again like that? Sure. You know, strut, you know? They could, but, but I they, they, they should get expect to get the penalty. You know, so. and, and and again, no issue with his initial celebration. That's yeah. what should happen. It was, Celebrate the, with it your was teammates. that secondary, it was that secondary piece when he headed towards embarking at the Steelers sideline that I knew he was going to get flagged. Exactly. Exactly. So, hey, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some more of these other interesting calls and looking at our own eyes. We're going to go back, you know, talk about our eyes versus the ears and everything with that a little bit more. And then we're going to, hey, no, no rest for the weary. Rolling on into the Detroit Lions for this week. So if you're with us on the audio side, go ahead and click on over to part two. If you're here on YouTube or Facebook Live, give us a few seconds and we'll be right back. <music> 